Welcome to Patch Notes, everyone. We are back once again. It is another exciting week of video game news, uh, although not that exciting. Um, it's a bit not, slow. Bit yeah, slow. not a lot of stuff has been happening. Um, some 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 sad things, some expected things, uh, some some labor issues. Uh, John and I were just uh, to give you a sense of like the <laughs> the nature of the discourse at this point. John and I were just talking about how. Um, even though uh, Jason Trier came out with another um, expose on a company, this time um, the, the Call of Duty franchise. Activision. Uh, yeah. Activision, thank you. I always forget who makes Call of Duty. But, because um, uh, I'm a fake gamer boy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the uh, Activision enforcing uh, unsustainable uh, um, uh, crunch time on their employees. Uh, very bad, not good. Um, but, I mean... You know, I don't know if any of you uh, want us to constantly cover that. cover the <laughs> like coverage of that. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, it's it, important that it's out there, but there's nothing else. I mean, we can only say they need to unionize so many times. Yeah, exactly. And like it, it, you know, to say like, well, there's crunch everywhere is also um, kind of a crummy thing to say. But um, there is an angle I don't think we've. We've okay. never said that. Yeah. But what I was going to say was it seems to be the lesson that's being brought out of this. And like mm-hmm. at a certain point, it's like, well, what, what can one say other than, yes, uh, it's good that this is still being covered. Um, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, maybe we haven't talked about, to the fullest extent, the difference that's being drawn between contract workers and full-time workers mm-hmm. and how these companies, as part of their pivot to try to make things less... Um, worthy of Jason Schreier articles in Gotaku, let's say, uh, have been trying to improve the the lives and the experiences of their full-time workers while putting all of the abuse and um, crunch type stuff off onto these freelancers. We talked about this a little bit with uh, NetherRealm or whoever develops the um, Mortal Kombat games now. Yeah, right, 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 right. I mean, that was sort of the that was the the fact that they were using a lot of freelancers. Yeah. So, and this was this this expectation from Shire was about testers, the QA people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I saw a quote unquote funny story. I don't believe this was actually Activision, but it was a different. You know, I'm not going to name my company, but here is my horror story story about this, where a uh, a group of testers was told um, they had to do a review of the most recent patch. Uh, for the, the game they were testing for, and what that means is they had to go through the most recent patch and make sure that none of the bugs that had previously been fixed had come back. Okay. Um, and their manager said that, all right, if you finish this by 5 p.m., we won't keep you here till midnight, which is when they <laughs> usually keep them there, too. So, they, of course, they finished it by 5 p.m., and the manager's response was, you should be doing this that fast every time. Uh, you need course. to stay to midnight. And uh, half the workforce walked out. <laughs> hey, good, good for them. Yeah. Because, I mean that's that's what it is though, right? Like whenever yeah. you get that sort of like you know here's here's an incentive, uh, the incentive is uh, is a trick to uh, <laughs> to convince you to like work harder for one minute uh, so that they can say you should work harder for all of the minutes you possibly have. Yeah, um, I mean usually managers don't misread the rooms that poorly. 
um, usually they only re- misread it about 50% as poorly. Like, they do, they let the people go home, but then next time, well, you finished it by 5 p.m. last time, so now you have to, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, usually, that, usually they don't, they don't lose you the football like that. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, part of it, this also speaks to part of, like, why this has been such a compelling and, and pervasive story is that, um, you know, people read the room and say, like, well, you, you want to work in video games, this is video games. And like that kind of thing is very much like how how managers think about the people that they manage in in, in these gaming studios. And yeah. I think like that that much is like it's misreading the room in that it is wrong and they shouldn't be treating people that way. But it is reading the room correctly, and that's what people think about games workers. Yeah. Anyway, we said we weren't going to talk about that. Story. Well, we did. We didn't <laughs> talk about that story. We talked about the story around the story, which yeah. arguably worse. Yep. Uh, than what we said we wouldn't do. So, uh, moving on. Um, I think, uh, John, you had a story uh, about... Well, I mean, honestly, our stories this week are kind of are kind of light. Um, I'm going to start... You know what? I will start us with the heaviest one. So, right. um, uh, this week, uh, uh, tragically, um, the, the YouTuber, uh, Etika, um, passed away, um, which is really a shame. Uh, he was extremely young. Um, uh, much younger than me, um, and no one should be uh, dying needlessly much younger than me. Uh, dealt with a lot of mental health issues, um, uh, had had basically uh, a lot of warning signs um, from, you know, his his basically like he did he did some some kind of troubling um, posts on social media. There was a lot of stuff going on basically, and um, mm. it's it's very crummy that this is how uh the whole story ended um that he kind of became a meme uh for a lot of people and and passed away um uh there's been a bit of a backlash i just learned about this that kotaku um pre-wrote an obituary uh for him um although he was missing for quite a while which is to say uh, this is kind of standard um standard practice uh for for news outlets still i can completely understand this being sort of like Make again feeding into the sensationalization of this uh, young man, um, but it's really it sucks. Like it's a it's a shame. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's it's um, it's a real shame that you know like a a funny uh, young uh, gamer basically. Uh, you know not that not that him being a gamer makes it better or worse, but like he was funny. Um, he's a person of color. He had you know he, he was had his uh, mental. He had mental illness, and he was kind of representing a version, a vision of that where he was still a very, he still like was able to share his talent with the world. And it's it, it sucks that he uh, he passed away. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than that. But we we talked, we touched a little bit on the drawbacks and downsides of the current streamer culture. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about the divorce, which is a much funnier story. Oh, very funny. Um, yeah, that's a lot funnier. Even though it was about a marriage imploding. Um, well, still, still much, funny. It's much funnier than this. We can talk about the. I think like the 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 doctor um, disrespect divorce was uh, probably more just. Oh, like did they divorce? Pure, pure, uh, well, it might have been a bit. I, I thought he. I thought he sufficiently humiliated himself and faced a bloodshed. Uh, Such and that then, they did and then not got divorce. Then they got banned for tw- from Twitter for other bullshit. I told you it, it would be. I, I told you it was funnier though, and I stand yeah, by that. That's fair enough. Um, but no, we we talked about this before, and and the consequences that come from being one of these streamers who's putting your life basically on the internet, 
Um, mm, yeah. Uh, not 24-7, but fairly close. Um, and I mean, I, and I think there are cross-cultural um, connections to other things, like idol culture in Japan has some of the similar um, issues, though it's a, a lot more stalkery over there um, with idol culture than it is with streamer culture here, mm. uh, for a number of reasons that we don't need to go into. But um, <laughs> there's, you know, there's this 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 process of turning your life itself into content that has become because the, uh, under this economic regime, the last th last thing you have to sell is yourself. Right. Um, the last job you have to create is you know turning your life into a commodity for consumption. Um, and I have, I have a feeling this stuff's going to get worse before it gets better, if it gets better at all. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I think, like, the the thing to remember about all of this, too, is it can seem... And this is something that the um, the guys that Jesse and Mike talk about a lot on... The guys. I was just listening to their show, so my parasocial <laughs> uh, relationship is uh, heightened. Um, but uh, but that Jesse and Mike talk about uh, Jesse uh, Farrar and Mike Hale talk about on um, on uh, your Kickstarter, your Kickstarter sucks um, when people I, I think like they got an email where they were like well, how do I become a, a content creator and their <laughs> response was good lord never become a content yeah. creator like don't do it to yourself that is that is so bad don't 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 do that um, and you know like I I can't help but agree. Um, but I also totally understand why people feel that way. Like, it's not as if it's, um, I don't know. It's not as if like being a content creator doesn't sound great. Like it sounds really cool. It sounds like you are, um, you know, just like really living a dream or becoming some kind of, uh, very cool, um, you know, outsider who does fun stuff for work or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, to, to, to a certain right. extent, both you and, to a much more limited extent, I are these people. We are content creators, mm -hmm. um, and I've, you know, I've spoken before on this podcast how uncomfortable I am with, you know, some of the trade-offs that come with that. Um, I famously don't use pictures of myself online. I try to, you know, keep as much, uh, trying to not post as much uh, revealing personal stuff as I can on my. My, uh, my Twitter account, but you know, it'd be fairly easy for someone to track me down and figure out all my information. Yeah, um, no, of course. And you know, and that's the the sacrifice you have to make, to, you know, to do this show, to do stuff, you know, to write about baseball the way I wrote about baseball before I came over here. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, to do things you enjoy at this point, you have to put yourself out there, and putting yourself out there comes with a lot of risks. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's that's something that we see in, um, I don't know, it's it's something that we can see or we can think about in the, in, in this Etika uh, situation, which is that, mm -hmm. like, um, you know, what, he, what really what the situation underlines is that the risks aren't all external. They're not all, right. like, like, he wasn't tracked down and murdered by somebody. He was, you know, it was, uh, you know, he, he went through a, a crisis and he had, um the, the mental health issues that he had and whatever it was even if if the streaming didn't exacerbate or impact it and we'll never know mm -hmm. um it you know it still made that a public thing there's a really sad um there's a really sad uh, uh um video that i watched from one of his friends who's also a streamer who was saying like he was like 
you know, I'm finding out about this the same time. You guys, I wish I could link it. I just, I, I, I found it when I looked at like the, the trending stuff. So I, I really don't know. But the, um, you know, he was like, you know, I'm finding out about all of this the same time you guys are, um, which is hard. Like he was, he was my friend, and mm-hmm. he was like, and you know what? They're gonna like, they're gonna meme him. They're gonna like, you know, put him up in the sky with Harambe or whatever. Like it's gonna be, it's just gonna be like, you know, it's gonna be ridiculous it's just going to be nonsense and that's that's what's going to happen to etika and, and it's not fair because he was my friend like i i don't want to see that happen to him um and it was like it was it was um it was sad to think about like it was sad to think about like yeah you know i, I actually like he's probably right like that's probably what's going to happen like it's going to be a lot of memes about him you're going to get a ton of memes about etika on you know reddit or or wherever and it's like the chance yeah, the various chans, it, it, and and you you start thinking about it. It's like that's not, you're like what what a what an awful thing to have happen to to anyone, let alone someone who like, you know, dealt with mental illness and simply just like wanted to produce like content for people. Um, not that producing content is the most noble thing in the world or whatever, but it's not like a bad thing. Um, it's not like he was out there hurting people. He said some really awful things when he was having an episode. I think he said like. Uh, a lot of anti-Semitic stuff. Like he was not a perfect like citizen of the internet or whatever. But yeah, like, I think he got his um, channel removed at one point. At one point, yeah, of, um, stuff like that. And like you know, I I get it. Like it's it, there. There's always like I don't know. There, there's always uh, uh, I think especially with streaming culture, it is complicated. It's a complicated uh, kind of. It's a complicated kind of relationship uh with with like streaming with content with all that stuff but i think also it it is a shame that like someone who probably could have used help could have could have used like a um a friend who wasn't who didn't know him as like just like a commodity online that you know his source of being able to you know become a uh a successful person was making himself into someone who was like uh, a meme as opposed to a person yeah so i mean it, and for how the culture works around these we we talk a lot about how oh streaming culture is taking on all these gateways taking on all these barriers for people to get into it but it's like the, still the, the the organizations that would have been acting as gateways are still making all the money mm-hmm. like they're just you know leaving you out there to die Right, um, and kicking you to the curb as soon as you you don't self enforce the behavior they want. That's how the gateway system works now. And you know, this isn't to say that you know he should have been allowed to go and, and say anti Semitic shit online, or that you know right wingers shouldn't have their shit taken down prejudicially. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> right. should be you know deplatformed wherever they can be found. But that's different from how a support structure at what is your job when you're a streamer that is basically your job how the how the, there isn't a support structure there for you how you're a freelancer you're on your own everything is on you and if you sink you sink yeah yeah and uh, i, I want to apologize like, i forgot the way he uh, that was not an intentional joke about oh yeah, yeah no 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 i i don't i yeah. hope no one would take it that way but yeah it's uh it's 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 sad. I mean, I think that's that's ultimately where we can come down on it. It's it's a it's a real shame, and uh, you know, all the best to uh, his family and friends. I'm sure it's a really terrible time. Yeah. Um. So that was the heavy one. We'll get that out of the way. John, what's what's one of yours? 
Um, I wanted to talk about Auto Chess. Have either of us played Auto Chess? No, I never have. Have you okay. actually played it? Or um, I'm like, like you know how you, you don't know how the how the pool's gonna be before you jump into it, and you you, you sort of touch it. With yeah, your, you're kind of wading in. Yeah, and yeah. You're, you you touch it with your your big toe, and you find out the pool's all piss. That's sort of what. <laughs> That's uh, where you're at with Auto Chess. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I've been I don't watching. Really want to go to the pools you're going to. I've been watching, like, I've, I watched um, Giant Bombs preview of one of these things team fight tactics which is okay. unfinished it's an early access apparently and i sort of understand what's happening which is that you get a bunch of of characters together and um basically you're buying characters to fight enemy preset enemy teams and you're doing various amounts of blind betting um to build a money stash to upgrade your team and also hit certain thresholds to like earn more money with income um is this and is this a uh, is it's, it? It's like managed PVE, basically. Okay. Like you start it's in game out money. Where you're not yeah, yeah, gold. Okay. I'm talking like gold is a resource. Okay. Um, and it's like you start out with like nine other people there, and you have to, you, you're fighting a bunch of bots to start with, and then eventually the field starts narrowing itself down. Um, but this is like huge. Like this, uh, it, it. I think it's been. Uh, it originally started out as a Dota mod, I believe. Mm-hmm, sure. um, and it's um, which is funny given what Dota doesn't technically stand for uh, and where it started <laughs> right. uh, a Dota 2 mod I think actually not not the original Dota yeah but yeah, this started out as a mod for Dota 2 um, that broke off from Dota and but then the people who own Dota started making their own clone which I believe is called Dota Underlords um, right that's the one that just came out on Steam yeah and then there's this Team Fight Tactics one, um, which is the League of Legends version, I believe. Okay. Um, and, I mean, it, it. far be it for me to talk shit about games that play themselves, um, because this is really more of a, like, a betting simulator, sort of like a strategic figuring out um, higher-level strategy and tactics instead of being, like, a, a very... Uh, concise, you know, dexterity-based actions per minute thing like MOBAs are. Yeah, I mean that that also explains why the why the chess is there. Yeah, uh, I, I still don't. Yeah, I don't really. Un- I mean, I understand auto chess, but it's a very weird, weird formulation because it's not actually chess. These guys just run at each other and hit each other till they die. Um, <laughs> they don't like move around. The, yeah, I, I I I understand. Yeah, okay, it's fine. It's a good thing. Um, but yeah, I. I Mainly, I just wanted to ask if if you had heard of any of this shit. And you if know, not, I saw it. Oh, good. If not, I'm gonna have to like I'm gonna have to put on my reporter hat and go dive into this and come back with a report. Yeah, I'm wondering about it myself. Like I, I definitely, um, I definitely have not played it. Um, and I think one of the things that I would say about Auto Chess is I saw the description on Steam uh, for Dota Underworld, and it seemed interesting in a way that I couldn't quite place like it didn't mm-hmm. I didn't really understand why I'd like it or why I wouldn't like it like it was sort of a, a weird idea to me um, on the other hand it sounded fine like I, it sounded like a game I could maybe enjoy um, so I was baffled by it mm-hmm. <laughs> to be completely honest I had no idea what I was looking at um, and that's kind of fun I guess like I don't know um, yeah what I'm seeing here is that these appear to be free to play which is yeah, that's the other benefit. Uh, which is good for my, you know, 
bank account in terms of getting in there and reviewing it, but makes me um, wary wary yeah. about it, of its mechanics. Um, also, I, I keep hearing that people are like, "Now, oh, I played some Dota Underlords, and I want to play Dota. I don't want to. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want oh, that yeah. to be something." Oh yeah, no, that's uh, <laughs> that crucial. Occurs. You're going to be really into Dota now too. God damn it! Yeah. So sorry about that in advance. Um, no, I mean Dota's Dota's fine. It's just like is it? you can. Uh, is it? No, I don't know. I mean, you, the, the piss who I always stream with, uh, will he's put way too many hours into Dota and will consistently say that Dota is not fine and not a game you should ever ever play. Um, so I mean, you know, take take that with the with the uh, grain of fear that you would need. Yeah. Well, um, I guess this is just a statement to say that uh, in a future patch notes, I will probably stumble in here bleeding from the mouth and eyes, um, <laughs> mumbling in a foreign language, and uh, and tell you all about the wonders, the horrible wonders of Dead Auto Chess. <laughs> this is just to say I have played the Auto Chess, <laughs> forgive me. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm excited to hear about your uh, your your time in the in the world um it's going to be very very strange yeah so you uh, we we've got um some other shit oh to talk yeah. About. yeah so um do you like ads i love ads oh good Sweet. well um great news uh ads are going to be coming to your favorite video games very very soon um this is actually given to me by by piss uh who i mentioned earlier my friend andrew um <laughs> I have to call him that. It's yeah, that's his handle. Yeah, fair um, enough. But uh, but piss he, is one of our is one of our producers. He is integral to the operation of this <laughs> entire entire thing. His <laughs> name is true. Piss. <laughs> that's that's correct, John. Um, but uh, as he pointed out when I was uh, laughing at this article, uh, laughing in um, disgust. I, I I should yeah I should say it is not a matter of me saying like oh you know like. Um, this is this is funny to me uh, because I like I think uh, the idea of uh, ads in video games is funny uh, to give away what this is going to be about. Um, but to say that uh, this is funny to me because it is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Um, he pointed out it's a good thing that it will never ever ever uh, be uh, it'll never bleed into the rest of our. Um, uh, collective gaming and it won't be limited to this uh, so you can rest assured that uh, when I talk today about this horrible thing that's happening um, you'll never see it in your favorite game uh, so the 2k um, experience is uh, is evolving uh, 2k the famous game that everyone loves and has mm. no problems with um, the basketball uh, sim uh, who the there's a rock paper shotgun article uh, about this about this it's basically it's just a news article it's, it's written well um, but, uh, you know, it has the very, very, uh, classic gamer thing of, um, saying, uh, you know, I never write about sports ball. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty surprising when I do. Uh, so this guy doesn't write about sports ball very much, mm. but I will say, uh, he I writes about sympathize. it here. I sympathize. I don't write much about sports ball either these days. <laughs> mm. I'm well, no, you'd like to, The first sentence is, I'm no basket man. Fuck out of here, dude. Take yeah, I know. That you. was, that was a rough one. But let's, let's, like, just to be, to be a little nicer about mm -hmm. it, which I'm trying very hard. Um, he, he writes about this, this, um, this issue in, in, uh, 2K 
and it is not a good issue. So what 2K has basically done, it's it's rolling it out as sort of a, it's kind of it's kind of trying it out. It's I think it's I think it's testing the testing the old waters. Um, it is basically suggesting um, a vision of the world where uh, you have to watch a bunch of um, ads when you uh, when you play a video game. So, and this is uh, a sixty dollar game that you yeah, pay for. Six, okay. It's a full game. It's not a free game. Uh, not that it would make it that much better if it was free, but it is not free. Um, the uh, it costs money, and you have to uh, during loading screens, which um, I will remind you are things that um, are in games because the games have to load and no one likes them, but we sit through them anyway. Uh, now in the loading screens, you can watch a YouTube um, a video that is an ad for a Fox Police procedural. Oh hell yes! Uh, so. Very cool that that is true. Um, uh, they're basically uh, the the report sort of suggests that maybe um, there's an easy way to get rid of it. Maybe there's not. It's kind of unclear uh, whether or not it's going to be like something you can um, something that you can remediate uh, that you can get rid of these ads. But um, the the truth of it is, it doesn't really matter. It is it is a complete nightmare um what what this looks like and what this is um it is uh it sucks i'm imagining (laughs) a future where political ads are being delivered to these oh yeah i mean like and this is the problem right like you say like well 2k had ads before um and it did there were little ads playing on like tv sometimes on halftime or whatever but i mean come on that's not great I completely understand. Uh, it is not the same thing. That is an extremely easy thing to avoid. You never have to see that ever um, if you don't want to. Uh, on this one, you have to see it. Like you can't miss it. It's like it's on the screen. You have to watch it. it. Is unskippable. And the the most the most offensive part to me is it's unskippable even if the game loads. Yeah. Yeah. You're, um, Which is like incredible to me. I'm imagining someone with a because the next generation of consoles are going to have SSDs. Which means that yeah. all ads like this are going to be formally imposed. They're not going to be necessary. You know, they're not going to be taking up time that the console's actually spending loading stuff because yeah. the consoles are going to come with SSDs. We've got the technology to make those cheaply enough so that all loading times, all loading screens are going to be ad screens. Yeah, exactly. And they're going to be ad screens that you have to sit through. Yep. It is, uh, it's real bad, and you can absolutely see it uh, just becoming a, a complete mess. Yeah. Um, a complete a complete debacle where now we have to sit through a bunch of ads every time we uh, play any game. Oh, I mean, soon we're going to have ads in our operating systems once, once Microsoft, you know, tests that out and figures out how to get away with it. So, I mean, yeah, it's... Sure. It, it, ads it's the beginning and the end. Attention is, I said that yourself is the last thing you have to sell, but your attention is the last thing that advertisers <laughs> have to buy, and they want to get you anywhere you you are, anywhere you, right. you know, like billboards um, are less effective perhaps than they used to be, um, because we're spending so much time not looking around, apparently, with the uh, with the cell phones and the kids these days, and I don't need to sound older Those than I actually am. Yeah, but yeah, you know, people have been trying to these people have been trying to monetize um, the things we spend attention on instead of old legacy media where the ads already live 
uh, for a while now, and they're going to get their way because there's no other places for them to expand to. Right. No, that's exactly right. And it's it's um, what's a what's a real shame about it is to imagine what this is all going to look like down the line. Like you, you, you know, I I'm not a not an alarmist when it comes to video games. I like. I no, think, I'm becoming you know, a I'm becoming a luddite. That's yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's, it's gonna really good. make for a great show. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna have such a good show. I I will record by smoke signal. People people are saying it more and more. Yeah. Um, the Luddites get a bad rap though. They were uh they were unionists, syndicalists. Oh, I there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, the you know the what's gonna happen with all of this is we're going to just like come to accept that ads are in video games like that. When you play a video game, you just have to watch an ad in the same way that I've accepted that if I watch uh, a music video, I see an ad in front of it. Or if I, you know, see a, um, you know, if I want to watch like a trailer, I'll see a trailer in front of the trailer. These are all things that we've just come to accept. It's and also it, going to drive a larger piracy market of people getting versions of the game that are played without talking to a server um, or talking to a fake server. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way they try to stop piracy now is have these always online games. Um, yeah. delivering content and just generally acting as an always-on um, digital verification system. But we're eventually going to hit a point where this stuff becomes so endemic that they figure out ways to like host ghost servers. I know there's ways to, like, say, fool Adobe software into thinking that it's talking to a server or, you know, to verify that you've paid for this Adobe product when you have. Wait, so you're telling me that you can pirate Adobe products? I'm telling you that someone can. <laughs> Well, certainly no one's on this show. theoretically heard of such a thing. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, right now it's very difficult and involves editing hosting fi- uh, host files and, you know, changing where IP addresses redirect. Um, you know, it's, it's a whole lot of doing. And I expect that if this, when this stuff really picks up, it will become a whole less lot of doing as, as the, the piracy gets more advanced. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, the, I think the, you know, what we're, what we're going to be looking at is... Um, I don't know. Like, I think what we're going to end up looking at is a a, a vision of the world where um, you just kind of you treat your video games like you treat I don't know your cable, where it's like, or you, oh no, not even that. You treat your video games like you treat your um, your uh, uh, web browsing, where like everyone by default has has ad blocker. Yeah, and it's like okay, we all have ad blocker. We all know we need ad blocker. Like it's it's just a thing. Like let's just get it done. Um, whereas like you know now we just play video games. It's not. It's like I don't want to sound like too stupid about this, but it's true. Like we just play these video games. And we assume that as long as it's not a particular kind of video game, you're not going to have um, ads in it. And that's just like that's going to become as you know kind of laughably naive as thinking that you can watch a um you can watch like a, a movie without ads uh for you know the first 30 <laughs> minutes or you know whatever right yeah yeah i don't know it sucks yeah i mean yeah i don't like it uh, people don't like to pirate that's a uh, people they've been, done studies on this the behavior is that as long as you don't raise the barrier to entry so high or make it so impossible to consume the content people would love to pay you for your content absolutely um it's just when you start doing all this other shit or you start making hoops or you start making drm that you know can shred a hard drive if it's not careful um that you run into people who 
find higher convenience and piracy. I mean, there's always going to be people on the cutting edge of piracy who do piracy because either they don't have the money or because they have, an, you know, an ideological opposition to paying for something. Uh, but they are a minority. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the times that piracy becomes a big deal and, like, really popular are times where it becomes easy uh, a la Napster mm-hmm. or times where it becomes uh, where, where the barrier to entry becomes so high yeah. and like like you said and I think like video games are rapidly entering this point where like oh actually both are true because uh, if, if like if games start charging people for what they actually cost um, and what they actually need to pay people and then also they put ads in there as well which you know don't kid yourself that would definitely happen yep um I think uh, you know we're gonna see we're gonna see a vision of the world where people just pirate and people get paid much less and uh, it just keeps repeating itself. Well, I mean, the problem with people getting paid what they're paid has nothing to do with the actual incomes of these companies. No, not at all. But uh, they would love the they would love to have the excuse. I mean, <laughs> at some point we have to we have to address the root problem there. I mean, it's not like piracy is going to create a class problem here where one did not exist before. Oh um, no, not at all. But I'm saying like if the two things correspond. Right. Like if the if you if you get to the point where all of a sudden it is it, where you're going to say like okay, um, we're going to start charging for like what games actually cost. And then you're also saying like actually and also the 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 thing we're going to start doing is uh, putting ads in these games because they're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Like at a certain point, it's like okay, this is gonna, this is going to end up being um, untenable. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're at a point where we should probably be at eighty dollars games. Executives Do, are terrified. We definitely should be at eighty dollars. They're terrified games. Of, of increasing that sixty dollars base price point, and they want to spoof it with the revenue tail, with the DLC, with the you know the cosmetics, with the stuff that you buy afterwards, hoping that they can break up the purchase into such smaller increments that you don't rec- uh, recognize that you're spending one hundred twenty dollars on this release instead of just the sixty that you paid at, at launch. Um, but we probably do need to go to $80. But that said, you know, you've got these companies where the CEO is getting a $15 million bonus and the testers are making $13 an hour. And it's, that's that's not a, that's not a cash flow problem. So. Yeah, no, I mean, none of these problems are cash flow problems, but the thing that consumers understand is cash flow problems. So, I mean, they will absolutely, I think any, any company you can think of basically is going to be more than happy to look at something like that and say like, oh, all this piracy is happening. We can't possibly pay our workers. Yeah. And, and like I said, they're going to find an excuse not to pay the workers anytime. So unionize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course. But yeah, I feel. Uh, I think my running theme here is that things are going to get worse before they get going to get better, and I want to apply that to ads too. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Why not? Um, did we have anything else to talk about? Live action Final Fantasy fourteen TV Ooh. series. Hell yeah! yeah tell, well, tell me about this. The, <laughs> All right, so th- this is really just a blurb right now from Kotaku. It's it's a sign, you know, projects go into development all the time. Doesn't actually mean you're going to get a TV show out of it. Um, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Projects go into development, but um, apparently the people who did the Expanse, which I've heard great things about, and I like the books, the Netflix's uh, Netflix's Witcher adaptation, which I've heard terrible things about. <laughs> um, are going to be partnering with Sony Pictures Television, which doesn't appear to be. Remember, we had that news uh, hit a while back about these the Sony the Sony development studio that was starting up. 
I do, yeah. And this doesn't seem to be the same people. Sony Pictures Television was already um, established, it appears. So, Let me say weird. Yeah, well, the uh, so they're teaming up to do an a adaptation of the 14th Final Fantasy game. You may recall that Final Fantasy 14 is the MMO, the extremely successful MMO that was originally a very unsuccessful MMO until they remade the game from the ground up. Uh, they just launched a new expansion. Um, about half of my friends are like slaved to this thing. Um, yeah, it's a it's a lot of work to get. It. <laughs> I've played it. I I have this problem. I like, obviously I with you might have been able to tell from my game of the week things. I have this problem where I play a game like nonstop for a week and then I forget about it for a couple months. And I mean, why not? Yeah, and that just doesn't because it's a subscription based model and that just doesn't work. <laughs> right. I'll buy like a sixty day pass and then use like five days at the start five days in the middle, five days at the end. But I paid for 60 days. So, I mean, I, on one hand, I do... And I've heard great things about the story. In that, in that, uh, the, it's supposed to be great. That people keep yeah. telling me to get into it. And, I've, and I've apparently it's not just because they want to fuck the cat girls. Um, but I would actually prefer like a TV show way of getting that plot rather than having to play in MMO. Mm-hmm. You know, an MMO sure. in 2019 that still is a subscription base. Uh, but this production company doesn't really instill a lot of faith. <laughs> no. From what you're saying, it does not. And I think it's um, it, it's really crummy to start to think about, like, the the world in which um, the the group that does the, the Witcher that no one is excited about is given another video game franchise. Let me, let me actually even go further. It's horrible to think about video game TV shows. Yeah. I mean, it's not like video game movies have made, you know, that put their best foot forward. But, I mean, like, it feels like you sort of at least want to see how The Witcher does before jumping in like this. But, hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you'd think. Apparently, this this show will feature the live-action debut of Sid, which, okay, that's a thing. What? Yeah, Sid, the character Sid. You know, they put a Sid in every game. And we've never seen a Sid in live action. Yeah, because so. I pref- I think we haven't ever had a live action Final Fantasy project. Yeah, we've never actually even wanted to see Sid in live action. Like, it's weird that Spirits Within was a CG project, and Sid was in that. I- there was a Sid in that, I believe. Um, but yeah, Sid is a different character in every game. So it's you know saying there will be a Sid is just saying there will be a Final Fantasy game. Uh, yeah, that's very strange. Um, um, so but cool. I mean, great I mean, live action Sid. Maybe it'll surprise <laughs> us. I mean, it's, was there a Sid in Spirits Within? Man, I don't, I, I don't remember that. I, I am just assuming yes, because Sid has to be in every Final Fantasy project. If there wasn't a Sid in Spirits Within, they fucked up even more so than uh, everything else about that flop. But yeah, I mean, if they feel less beholden to be to be making a like a shitty, you know, here's a bunch of sexual violence um, and you know people with their getting their heads cut off, Game of Thrones light thing like they're doing with the witcher if they if they have the freedom to actually just make a genuine fantasy techno fantasy project like final mm-hmm. fantasy 14 is then they could probably turn it into something good it's gonna be almost entirely green screenshot sure but it you know it has the possibility of being something good i i just you know don't think are you the thinking witcher, you're gonna watch it um, i'll watch an episode um okay i just don't think the live action witcher show is putting their best foot forward yeah, I, I, I don't think so either. I think the other thing that is kind of weird about... Um, it's kind of weird about the 
this move, right, is that um, you have the blueprint for a successful video game show, and it's the Castlevania show on Netflix. Did they cancel um, that? Did they? I'm not sure. I mean, they got a second season, at least. Yeah. Like, and people enjoy it. So, I don't know. Like, I guess, to me, that's pretty good. Um, but, like, that, that to me, seems like what you oh, would renewed. want. Yeah, oh, I guess. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so I mean, it's a it's a serious enough show, and like it did a good job. I think it's weird to me that that would you wouldn't think like, well, why don't we just do a cartoon? Like you're still thinking like, let's do a live action show because I don't know, uh, River, Riverdale maybe. I'm not really sure why. Um, maybe it's because of Riverdale. I mean, I guess since it's a video game and the character, I guess the CGI is closer to in style to a. Um, to a live action show than it would be to uh, what is basically a an anime inspired show in Castlevania. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. I I feel like the 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 heavy cartoon style uh, supports Castlevania a lot better than it might Final Fantasy for, uh, fourteen. But you know, it's hard to say honestly. I I I don't have a lot of hope for it, but I do. You know, I mean. If, if, People love Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, seems like it's for good reason, and I would love to see uh, I would love to see a good uh, adaptation of it in um, in live action. I mean, why not? Yep. All right. Well, we'll see. I mean, uh, I it's it's a Netflix show. I, I there's been highs and lows with stuff that's come out of Netflix. I really like their Umbrella Academy um, show. I really disliked basically every Marvel show they did. So, uh, yeah, I really like Jessica Jones. Yeah, um, I liked the. I, I didn't watch any of the other seasons, so uh, if it got really it, crummy, it, then season two and help. season three were terrible. But I mean, I I just don't like Purple Man to begin with. I, oh, I, you just don't like him as a character? Yeah. I don't. I don't think okay. he's. You know, th- there's very few ways to do that character well, and I don't think the way that they. In fact, I, I'm only saying that because I'm like hedging that there's a theoretical way that I've seen to do that character well that I haven't seen. But mm-hmm. I, I just don't like that character to begin with. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a weird character in a lot of ways because it's sort of like it's taken from the like the old Daredevil, the '60s Daredevil, yeah. and then he went away. <laughs> it's just very weird. Well, I mean, uh, anyway, it, it's yeah. just you know, yeah. you have to handle him very, very carefully um, because he's a rape machine. That's what he does. Um, right. And I didn't think they did a terrible job of it. But I just don't like having that guy on my television screen. I don't even care. I don't. Get it. I don't care who he's played by. I mean, and I don't like um, David. What's his face? David Tennant. Yeah, I don't like Tennant that much either. I mean, to begin with, I don't have the the connection with the Doctor Who stuff or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he was annoying in Broadchurch as well. Sort of liked him in Good Omens, but that's the only thing I've seen him in that I've liked. Uh, but you know, I, I just don't need that guy on my screen for eleven episodes or whatever it is. Right on. I like Tenant, but at the same point, I also uh, completely understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I uh, I think it is a. I think saying that Netflix does hit or miss work is actually completely correct. Yeah, I mean they they cast a wide like, net. They they greenlight a lot of stuff. They just want content coming into the surface. Uh, yeah, and it's it doesn't always work. Like some of their some of their and a lot of their Marvel stuff yeah. is just unwatchable. 
I like Dead to Me. That was a fun show to watch. I, I, I never, never that. looked into that. That's new. Uh-huh. Uh, it's with the. Uh, well, it's with. Uh, it's it's a two woman lead. Um, and all of a sudden, I'm just remembering the the characters they've played before. So it is. Um, uh, it is the daughter from uh, Married with Children, uh, who's very famous, uh, and I'm forgetting her name. Yeah, now. I have Christina Applegate. That's sort of. Uh, I, I yeah. sort of remember and, the character's name more than I remember the. Actors. Yeah, and then and then um, the lead from um, uh, the lead from uh, uh, Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, Christina um, Applegate is Kelly Bundy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I never remember the woman who played the lead in Freaks and Geeks, so I don't feel so bad about that. But she's also very good, Linda something. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's good. It's it's fun. Um, anyway, uh, we've gotten way off topic. Uh, let's talk about our games. Mm-hmm. All right, what have you been playing? Uh, I have been uh, in my you know usual thing where I jump around from game to game. I've taken a slight break from. I, I've still been playing uh, Path of Exile Legion, the newest Path of Exile. Um, you're a, you're a fiend for Path of Exile. Yeah, what I do is I now have... I, I'm watching through Fringe, because I haven't seen Fringe. Okay. So what I do is I put, throw Path of Exile on one screen uh, so I can, you know, just do the, 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 the clicker game, basically, which is yeah. what it is. It's, it's an RPG, so it's slightly more complex than a clicker game. But I, put, I have Fringe on the other screen so I can I can get through the season. Um, that show is something. Um, something good? Uh, or? It... All right, so Anna Torf, the lead, Joshua Jackson, the the male lead, um, and John Noble, who is the he plays uh, Joshua Jackson's dad and basically like a mad scientist who's half insane. All three are really great. They have good chemistry together. the 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 character loop of those three interacting drives the show. It is the engine okay. of the show. It's the reason. And Lance Reddick's in it too. From, you know, many projects. Lance Reddick. He's just in everything. Yeah, yeah. and he's playing the you know commander character. So he only has one role that he plays. No, it's not true. He, he has some range. He also plays the uh, the valet in um, uh, the John Wick movies, and he's very good at that. Um, okay, but yeah, he he's usually typecast as a commander character. Um, mm-hmm. So that 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 workflow, that you know, that character loop is great. They keep rebooting the fucking plot every like five episodes. Like they just really? they, they just forget about shit. Like the entire first season was about <laughs> how like. Uh, Anna Torv's character, Olivia Dunham's uh, dead boyfriend, or dead fiancé ex-partner, uh, who betrayed them in the in the pilot, uh, was like a secret, you know, double agent, and was communicating from her from the dead. They just forget about that. They just forget about <laughs> that uh, with like three episodes of the first season remaining. There's like, cool. a, there's a set, there's a step plot about how Joshua Jackson's character is in bad with the mafia. They just forget about that. Never comes up huh. again after the the episode that they do where you're like, oh, we're gonna go get him. Uh, there's like, there's huh. even like a subplot involving um, like Olivia's stepfather, who like always who was abusive and always sends her a card on her birthday to remind her that he's still out there. And the last card arrives, but it doesn't have a postage stamp on it. So it's obvious that he knows where she lives. He and knows she, where she is. And, yeah. and there's like a, there's an end episode sting about it. Does he you think it ever comes up again? It never, it comes, never up comes up again. Not a single time. Huh. So it's just very badly done. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 J.J. Abrams show. So you know, it's yeah, okay. it's like the room has like there even even in season two where I thought it was going to start controlling itself a little bit better. Like they introduced this plucky um, FBI agent in the first the, the season two season premiere, and I thought she was going to join the full cast because she's the mechanism around the sh- which the show turns. She never sh- shows up again. 
that's wild anyway so i've been playing legion uh while watching this stuff which is you know it's 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 like the x files in some ways it's worse in some ways it's better um obviously jackson and tor's characters are eventually gonna fuck but they haven't yet so that's the big thing going on right now will they won't they yeah Yeah. um but the the game i've been dedicating most of my attention to i've gone back to play the harebrain studios uh shadow ring games the uh the uh, isometric tactical layer type. Yeah, those things. are cool games. They are. Uh, uh, the writing is just as good as I remember to be. I'm playing Dragonfall and I'm playing Hong Kong right now. I'm going to go back to Dragonfall after I'm done with Hong Kong. Uh, the the original game Shadowrun Returns wasn't great. The campaign was just you know it was a proof of concept. It was fine for mm-hmm. what it was, but uh, Dragonfall and Hong Kong are where you know the the the, the bulk of the good stuff in those games is. Um, Makes sense. I did not remember how bad decking is, the decking minigame. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, you, in the Shadowrun... I know about deck. Well, yeah. explain it to the audience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the Shadowrun universe, you have these... One of the character classes are deckers, and they're basically wizards. And, I love to play as a decker yeah. when I play that game. And what they're, one of their big things is this entire subsystem where they tron their way into, like, the internet or of a computer, like, the inside of a computer... And or, or of a network, and they have to, you know, evade detect hunter-killer detection programs and not activate, like, you know, antibody, antivirus programs to come and kill them while you go through and you steal data or unlock a door or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, the subsystem is no good. It's, it, That's a shame. Because it's, it's isometric control, right? You, you're, you're grid control, you're pointing and clicking, and you don't have good... Um, feedback on when or whether way what how your character is going to go to an, a place when you click it, because uh, it's like Diablo controls, right? You, you've okay, got yeah, a, sure. you've got a screen and you've got a place to click. You have no idea if the interface will read your click as valid. Like cause sometimes I want to go to an area and to do that, you usually just click in that direction to hold, and your character runs in that direction. But if it's an invalid location, yeah, right, they just stand still. And what you're dealing with here are, you know, like moving guards with cones of detection, <laughs> and you, it, it, you just don't have the the pinpoint precise, and you can't pause, so you don't have the pinpoint precise control necessary to actually successfully navigate all this stuff. So you start fights, and um, once you level up, you've got ways to reset the, um, you know, the alert level and get through it just fine. But it, it just it does not feel good. It um, doesn't control that great. Sucks. But that's like the only problem. There's also a problem with like where if you you can't ever go to the square directly above someone that you control because what'll happen is it'll like load up their tooltip instead. So oh, like okay. yeah, so it makes it really hard to like get to the like if you have a guy in cover on one square, the cover to his upper right, like diagonal up from him, mm-hmm. is a place you can't go because you can never click there because you can't move the camera because these are uh, isometric, isometric RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> and every time you try to put your cursor over that square, you're going to get his tooltip instead. Um, but beyond that, like it's a really good, really good series of games. And I'm, I'm enjoying the, um, the character stuff and the writing again. Um, a lot of yeah. fun. I think I'm, I'm probably going to play it on easy just so i can get through it because i've played it on hard before and just you know i get to the last few areas and i, I stop uh to do other things because it, the game gets legitimately hard um 
So just to keep my attention span where it needs to be, I think I'm going to bump it down to easy and just cruise through it. Hey, why not? Um, cool. Well, uh, I've been playing a number of games. I still have my podcast game, which is still Slay the Spire, although I lost steam on that. I was very... I did. I pulled a John on uh-huh. it. Um, but it's very good still. It's, yeah. it's worth your time. Um, I have been playing... I started Bloodstained. I think I talked about that last week. I'm trying to think of... Oh, you know what? Um, I've been playing a lot of... Um, did I mention last week that I've been playing a lot of Crypt of the Necrodancer? Is that you one that I not. mentioned? Have you been playing like, the Zelda expansion? Uh, so I played it because um, I heard about the Zelda expansion mm-hmm. and I cannot a- afford uh, to purchase uh, a, a Zelda game right as as of right now. Right. Um, and uh, and I thought, I was like, oh, you know, I wonder what that's like. People seem to really enjoy it. Um, and so I decided to try the original. And uh, it's, uh, it's very hard, but a really cool game. Um, the premise is neat. Uh, it's like a rhythm game, basically, isn't it? Effectively, yeah. It's sort of like... I mean, it, this is probably like I think literally how they um, how they advertise it. So I'm, I'm not like breaking news here, but it's like it's basically like a rhythm roguelike mm. where you you your character because of you know I mean it's not all that interesting I guess, but because of like you know uh, this this curse put upon you after you've fallen into a, a dungeon and died. Um, your character's heart is uh, plays in time with the necro dancer, and uh, and you can only move when the beat happens. Yeah. So you can only move like if if it's like if it's a song that's like do 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 do. You can only move on the on the actual beat, and that means that you have to position yourself, you know, fighting enemies who are also moving on the beat. Uh, even if you stand still, you have to find places where you can go where they're not going to attack and then attack them. Um, it's all about sort of like uh, structuring your movements around these particular enemies in time with the music. So it's not easy by any means. Like it's pretty tricky, uh, but it's very fun. Yeah, I mean, I I I've looked at it. I've seen it. It looks like it's something that like I either have to get really into, or I just you know bounce right off. It's um, I'd say like if you play it for a little bit you get the sense of like what it is which is cool mm-hmm. um i'd also say like it's not it probably isn't for everyone like and and what's funny about that is um a buddy of mine was saying that uh you know he was he was not so sure about and i mean he's a big time zelda he's a big time nintendo head in mm-hmm. general um but he was not so sure about the um it's not so sure about the the um the game because he was like eh, you know what like I played Necrodancer and I'm not good at it. Like it's it's really hard. Um, I'm not sure if I'm really going to enjoy it at all. And uh, and then he played the Zelda game and he was like, actually, this rules. And what I've heard is that the Zelda game is a bit of an easier version of Necrodancer, um, which is fine. I mean, it's 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 okay to have an easy thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's apparently a little bit easier. Uh, but yeah, Necrodancer is hard. Um, it's I've I've beaten the first set of like things in it. I, there's like there's like four zones I think, and I beat zone one, and uh, and it was not easy to do. I had to like I had to buy boss practice and like and train against bosses and stuff. It's uh, it's it's rough. Yeah, I mean, I, hearing it that the Zelda one's a bit easier does pique my interest, just because it, 
the way it looks seems so intimidating with the having to always process how everything's moving on the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to hear it's, that. It's a little like um, if you ever played at like any games that are. I'm trying to think of a good one. There's a there was a there was a good phone game called Eight Six Eight Hack, which is a little bit like this. But like basically any game where it gives you sort of like those those um, like Robo uh, Robotron twenty twenty uh, twenty sixty or whatever that game was, um, where like you the, those old arcade games where you basically get a top down view and it's sort of like the roguelike element is okay now you're sort of playing chess but everything in you only it's, it's a much more simplified strategy and everything in the space is going to be randomized and so you have to kind of like adapt yourself to that space every single time it's a little bit like that yeah all right i might give That's it a fun. shot yeah, it's worth, I mean, it's, my it's, my roguelike my roguelike energy is like completely consumed by Hades, which had another patch drop oh, recently. Okay, Hermes is in the game now. Are you are you getting pretty amped about that? Pretty amped. I mean, I'm I'm at the point where I might have to start a new save file just because I've been playing for so long that I'm just like I've maxed out the skill tree. Uh-huh. Like so, like I have like it's like you know there, there's only the stuff that caught like the vanity oh you pay a thousand of the uh of the character creation bucks for this like marginal upgrade and i'm doing that stuff now so um very cool um uh, you must you must it must be really fun to do that it is it's i mean it's a great game uh, hades is probably gonna be my game of the year if it releases this year um uh, if not we'll have to figure out how we count games and early access if we give a shit about that stuff but it, it's really good yeah. it's the only it's the well it's one of two reasons i have the epic installer launch yeah, the epic launcher installed the other is division two which i've <laughs> still i've i'm still pushing on that i'm I, i've hit level, are you I've, are you enjoying yourself at, no <laughs> no okay i mean yes i mean it's the game i play when i'm you know listening to podcasts um so that i can tune out the uh, absolute horseshit plot which barely even exists now. I'm I'm in the post game. I've hit level thirty, so I've max leveled. Okay. And they've replaced all of the enemies on the map with like fake Blackwater guys with drones. So it's a little bit. Oh, harder. it's sort of like it's like the end of uh, what was the Saints end? Row three. Uh, well, it could be the end of that. I was thinking of the end of um the end of uh one of those Batman games maybe. Oh. Where like all of a sudden like they they militarize gotham and like yeah everything. it's the same thing like in in yeah. saints row 3 like the a pmc comes in at the very end um and they're they're your last enemies i think you're thinking about arkham origins might be yeah it. i might be it's it, yeah that's right that's exactly right yeah. yeah it's just like oh great like this is cool i guess <laughs> yeah so i mean i'm going to um probably bring Hades back three or four more times until they finally uh, put that out. But, you know, until then, I'll, I'll keep pushing through these other things. Very cool. Well, John, it, uh, I think we're, we've come to the end. Do you have anything else to add? Are you, have, are you coming out anywhere this week? Writing anything this week? Nope. I'm just hoping not to get sick again. Allergy you know, that's a, bad. that is a really good thing to hope. It is. Um, to not get sick. Um, and, and you know what? I hope it with you. I Thank hope you. that you do not get sick this week. Thank you, Trev. You're welcome, John. Um, well, uh, I think everyone should go ahead and, uh, check us out every week. Um, Mm -hmm. this was really maybe our first ever, like, truly slow week. It was. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't around last week. I'm not sure how, how, how how that went. We found some stuff to talk about. I would say like, but I would say like most of the, most of the weeks we've been, we've done has been, have been like very much 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it, even the uh, oh. a lot of a lot of podcasts this week I think have had, you know, post E three hangover type situations where no one's really doing any much of anything, and no, you know, because no, no no real huge releases have come out. We're we're still waiting for like the late summer, early fall blitz. Yes, absolutely, and it's not. I, I think the other thing is it's not a um, it's not a particularly like hot time for game studios to like open themselves up for discussion and more and more since a lot of and I mean good reporting and I'm glad it's happening mm-hmm. um, has been like pointing out the flaws in game studios I think they're just kind of like some of them are perfectly willing to uh, lay low yep yeah so we'll see I mean I think probably we'll we'll see something come out uh, in the next couple of um I don't know. In the next couple of weeks, I'm yeah. I'm excited to see what what happens. I mean, um, we're gonna be here either way. That's true. Uh, every week we'll do something, even if there's no news. That will be the most interesting thing. If truly, we can just do a full no games thing. app. Just go full games. Just oh wow! Full talking about games. That would be something. Yeah. Um, or we wow, could do like reader emails or something. But I don't know. I mean, we'd have to we'd have to just find something to do. It's like it's it's a uh, it's a terrifying prospect. But if this week has taught me anything, it's that it could happen at any time, and we should be prepared. Yep. Um, well, John, um, thanks again. This has been wonderful, and uh, I hope to see you again next week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>